Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio Trade Deadline Edition. There's a game going on right as we speak, but since the trade deadline today, and it was lit, fam. Uh, we're gonna do a show. Oh my god, it absolutely was not lit. Yeah, I have my, <laughs> I have my fidget spinner. I'm calling shit lit. You're a millennial it's now. New Bill, this is, this is like new it. era Bill. Uh, my name is Bill Matz, and I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. We have a uh, we have a Charlie list show for you tonight, so we're gonna let loose. With no, that. it's gonna hey, get wild. Uh, did anyone see the outline? I have some numbers. Oh, in I there. still don't have the outline up. <laughs> no boy. <laughs> so, uh, let's just get things started. Like I said, the trade deadline was today. If you haven't heard, Johnny Uduya claimed off waivers. Mark Alt is now a Colorado Avalanche because for some God reason bless. they wanted him, and uh, Matt Reed got called up today too so that's Meat. fun meet daddy is back <laughs> <laughs> let me introduce you to the panel first and foremost the fly by herself oh Kelly god Hinkle. i'm thrown <laughs> um so i spent most of the day being indifferent about johnny odia but i decided in the last half hour that i'm enraged you're enraged mm-hmm. why feels right he seems to so, have a good beard he does but the thing about it is like we we cleared out a body in front of travis sanheim and then we just plopped another body down in front. So. I kind of had the feeling that Mark Alt was sent down as a, uh, like one of those, okay, we're going to send him down and then bring him back up eventually just to have him so we can play in the AHL playoffs. And then uh, Colorado kind of just nixed our plans. So here's here's how I feel about this thing. Stephalicious D Steph driver. Thank you. Um, I actually have something else to talk about, but we'll, we'll get here. We'll, we'll do this okay. first. Yeah. So, so if Mark Alt hadn't have been claimed by Colorado, there would have been two bodies in, in front of Travis Sandheim. Oh, right. Cause they took, they, they took up Oduya Oduya they before. Didn't, they didn't know yeah. that Alt was claimed until which is, they had already claimed Oduya. That's another good reason for me to be enraged. Thank you, Stephanie. But, like, I don't care. I don't care. Because the problem, the problem is Brandon Manning. The problem well, is Andrew yeah. McDonald. The problem is not Mark Alt. And the problem is not Johnny Oduya. Like, Johnny Oduya is going to sit in the press box. No, yeah, like, it's, that's, well, he is, but, but. Do you, Johnny, want, do you want Travis Sanheim sitting in the no, press box? No, no, no. But, but Johnny Oduya is absolutely the kind of guy that's going to get plugged into this lineup before Travis Sanheim because Dave Hackle sure. is going to fucking No, we're not going to, Travis Sanheim's not going to be back this no, year. No, and that's. It's, that, it's, an, it's, yeah. it's an abomination, but he's not going to be back right. this year. Um, He'll live. One way or the other. We'll all live, but that doesn't mean we can't yell. Yeah. Um, So, I have learned today, Bill, as you were here with the two ladies, that people still can't tell Kelly and I apart. Are you serious? Yeah. People still don't know that there are two women on the show. Taylor thinks it's hilarious. We sound completely different. We we sound very different. People still cannot tell my voice. I am Stephanie driver apart from Kelly Hinkle. Hi, it's me. I'm Kelly and I have a Delaware accent and Stephanie has a New Jersey accent. And also we have different voices and different opinions about things. And, and not only that, (laughs) but like our cadences are different. Like you've got to be trying really, really hard to not be able to tell the difference between just those two pesky females so i mean like but what percentage of people is it it, is it just a couple of morons um it's enough this is why you need to stay out of the comments 
Well, that, you well. never read the comments. <laughs> I don't know what goes on in the comments, and I'm happier for I it. I know you don't. But, um, like, do better, number one. Yeah. Do, do better. And number two... This is going to be a very fun show for the people who think there's only two of us. <laughs> like, there's only going to be Bill and whatever lady that he has with him. So Bill as, and his lady friend. So, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the Flyers did very little. Uh, they claimed Oduya off waivers. They lose Mark Alt two waivers, and they bring up Matt Reed because they had an open roster spot. Why not? He's probably an improvement over Weiss and Laterra. Not probably. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So I've heard, you know, a lot of people for a long time were advocating, stop with this, you know, uh, this hamster wheel of mediocrity, this uh, we're going to make deadline moves and we're going to go all in on players who are mediocre upgrades at best. And then, of course, you know, they don't do it. And people are like, they have no interest in winning this year. All right. I have a couple. I, I laid out the entire basically the last decade of trade deadline moves that the Flyers have made. Um, and I'm just going to I'm just going to remind you of a couple of the bigger ones uh trade deadline moves where they were buying where they were trying to fill holes and get better for the playoffs uh let's start let's uh let's see here yeah let's go to 09 when they traded for uh dan carcillo they had to give up scotty upshaw and a second round pick won that trade in my opinion yeah what a trade that was that was a winner uh, let's look at 2011 <laughs> A first and a third for Christopher Stieg, plus they gave up a couple of pieces for Tom Sestitov, uh, really, real name Sestito. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the golden silky mitts. Uh, let's look at 2012, where they gave up a second and a third for Grossman, oh. and then a second and a fourth, and John Kalinsky, who was a phantom, for Pavel Kabina, who Ooh. could change directions about as quickly as the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, let's go to 2014, where everyone's favorite trade happened. Uh, you skipped a year. Yeah, 2013. Nothing. It was Michael. They traded. They got Steve Mason because we already gave Columbus Bob. I mean, okay, decent trade, Leighton in a third, but also we gave but them a Vezina gave, winner. They gave, yeah, Michael Leighton. <laughs> yeah. We gave them a Vezina winner, and at the end of the year, they were like, okay, here's our backup. Uh, yeah, so let's look at 2014, where we gave up a third rounder and a second rounder for Andrew McDonald. Uh, and then, of course, we had to re-sign Andrew McDonald because oh, yeah, he would have got more on the open market. Can't let that kind of skill go. He's still here. We can't get rid of him. Uh, so when I see they only, you know, people are like, oh, they could have had Tartar, uh, Thomas Tatar. Like, have you looked at his contract? Seriously. He makes more than Brayton Shen. He's older. He's signed longer and he's much worse. So like, <laughs> uh, you wanted to make that move? A first, a second, and a third for the worst case scenario of Brayton Shen? I can't believe that they like, gave him that the much. The only move that in I really... Detroit. Yeah, the only move that I saw all day that I would have been interested in was Patrick Maroon. And where does Patrick Maroon play on this team? Like, oh, cool. All right. We improved the third or fourth line a little bit. And we improved the second power play yeah. a little bit. Like, this, I, yeah. I mean, didn't he? He ended up in New Jersey. Yeah, that's I, mm. the fact. Oh, that, New Jersey. No, New Jersey is God. New Jersey bought. And I think they yeah. did well for themselves. Um, I don't know how it's going to affect them long term because I'm not as familiar with their pipeline as I am ours. But I think the Flyers are set up better in the long term than anybody in the division, even though the division, a lot of the teams got better today. I will say I do think the Rangers are doing pretty well for themselves. Um, and that's in, in, the way, in the way that they're selling? In the way that they're selling, yes. A team that lacks so much top-end talent. Uh, they now have three first-round picks this year and then a bunch of picks in the second and third as well. You know what would really make me happy? Hmm. If they went and pulled a Boston with those three first-round picks <laughs> and just, were, just went completely, in a row. Just went completely <laughs> off board. Go off the board three in a row. That would make me a very uh, it happy would, human it would. being. You know what's really confusing <laughs> me is... Um, I still don't know right now, and I looked this up while I was doing our Patreon update today. Check out the BSH Radio Patreon, and uh, you can get like updates immediately after things happen. Um, I I don't know is TJ or JT Miller the Ranger. J which one is the T. Ranger, Miller, and which one is the comedian? JJ is the comedian. I don't, well, don't ask me about comedians. JT I don't, I don't know anything the about. He's the one on anything. Silicon Valley yeah. and the one who was on the Rangers and is now on the Lightning. Right. I don't know which. JT which. Miller is the hockey player. Okay. Correct. Yeah. That one I know. So I don't really understand what happens to like relatively intelligent hockey fans on deadline day that they just lose their goddamn minds. Like I, I understand that it's like fun 
to watch the trade tracker populate and see your team's name come up. But like, did did you want us to go out and get Tommy Wingles? Yeah. Like, what did you want? Tommy Wingles is a funny joke for everyone to constantly say future flyer. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) did you want to give up assets for him? Who else am I looking at here? Like, uh, did you want to get Josh Joris? From the hurricanes, like what piece? That is not a real person. Yeah, what piece <laughs> did you think we were going to add that was going to put us over the top? And now we're just toast because Ron didn't do well, anything. I think I think that people expected the Flyers to sell their garbage for better players. Yeah. Well, wouldn't Which, that like, be nice? Nobody fucking wants Dale Weiss. No. Nobody fucking wants yeah, like, Yuri Laterra. Like me- nobody fucking wants these people. Like. Would, would would the people have been happy if Wayne Simmons was traded? Because I can tell you the answer is no. That's no, the they would have is, lost their shit. That's yeah. the thing is, and Hextall said it very aptly today. I was watching him on Philly Sports Talk. He said, I think we made our team better by bringing up Oscar Lindblom. And guess what? If Wayne Simmons is back by next weekend, having both of them in the lineup makes our lineup as good as any team made their forwards. Yes, the Flyers need defensive help, but unless they were going to go out and get Ryan McDonough or spend what it needed to spend to get Mike Green a rental, who who was going to be an upgrade? And that's the thing. Did you want Thomas Eric Carlson. Yeah, like, great. <laughs> Travis Sanheim, Nolan Patrick. See ya. Like, I mean, that's here's what the thing. Ron can improve the defense if he wants to. Right. Very easily. Yeah, One right. move. His name's Travis Sanheim. Bring up right. Travis He's... Sanheim from Allentown. Boom. The defense is better. They and, clearly... and actually play him. Right. And <laughs> They didn't need to do anything. Like, there was no one move that they were going to make today that was going to put them over the top cup contention as you, as you both know, I have been more of an advocate for winning this year and potentially selling, or excuse me, potentially buying than many in terms of, you know what, I just think we have so many assets that, like, if they want to trade a Sam Moran, if they want to do something like that, if they want to trade one of those two first-round picks— I'm not totally against it, but I look at what the Flyers have right now, and I think, okay, no, they're not going to win the cup. Like I, I, I keep saying anything can happen, and I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible for them to win this year, but in terms of likelihood, no. Right. Um, I The one thing I will say is I would rather keep those assets so we draft two guys in the first round this year. Those guys can then be traded in a year or two when this team is chock full of these young players and guys like Morgan Frost are here and guys like Nolan Patrick are entering their prime and all that stuff is happening when this is a legit cup team. Like when, you know, Ivan Provorov's 24 years old and it's like, oh, wow, yeah, he's a Norris candidate. Like <laughs> he's when still all, just yeah, 21. I know, he's, he's a little kid. He's a little <laughs> kid. He's still a baby uh, When all that stuff year. happens, we will... Oh, still when all that stuff is actually happening we will still have all these assets and if we need to buy it will be so easy we will be the envy of everyone because yeah. we will have a great lineup and whatever we need if it's a depth defenseman if it's a number one defenseman because someone's injured if it's a third line winger if it's a second line scorer no matter what we need we will be able to go and buy it and that is why yes it is because Trade Deadline Day is a TV show, and we all get excited at the possibilities. Oh, man, is Eric Carlson going to get moved? What if oh, we could put together a package for him? Yes, it's fun to be in on stuff. No, see, no. But no, I wanted to Tomorrow, no, I, when you wake up, you're like, oh, you have I should have done that. Uh, tomorrow, uh, when you're doing the walk of shame, looking at the stuff you gave up, it's like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have had that fifth shot. Maybe like, I should have picked both my shoes up off the floor. <laughs> um I really, really, really wanted to see Vegas get Eric Carlson. Like I, I they were apparently I, very close. I know. I make jokes about how I want the Flyers to get them, but obviously, like he's going to make any team. Is better, this game no matter- still scoreless? Is this yeah, it is. the third start yet? I don't know. We're doing a fucking podcast, you assholes. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm, I've got two screens, and both of them are on us, and you're both watching the game. I'm not. I'm reading our Slack chat to see if they scored a goal, and they have not. <laughs> uh, Kevin just said there was a goal. So oh, our, our commenters, who? I don't know. It just says goal. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. It is one oh somebody. Maybe. <laughs> and Nick, Nikki is asking if I have both of my shoes today because I just made that comment. Yes, I am wearing <laughs> I am wearing sandals and socks. Thank you very much because I also am the in my classy ankle lady. Brace. Yeah, right. Um, 
Uh, I'm still trying to find out who scored, and I, there's no answer. Okay. Um, so anyway, Eric Carlson is going to make any team that he is on better. So I want to see him go to a a team that I think has a legitimate chance of winning the cup that is not Pittsburgh. Fair. And I think that that's Vegas. It also would have been the Lightning, but the Lightning went and got Ryan McDonough. Yeah. So now, like, now that they're even better. Yeah. So, I mean, like Bill was saying, so we've kind of like stumbled into a place where this Flyers team has ended up playing well enough that they could theoretically make noise in the playoffs. However, they're not one piece away from a cup run. Like, that's not a thing that's going to happen. If they're, if they're going to make a cup run this year, it's going to be 2010 style where they kind of just luck into getting there. That's the only way it's going to happen realistically. And if that happens, it's going to be super cool and fun. But like overpaying for a rental asset today would not have been a thing that made it better. And that's uh, another piece of the puzzle here is while it was a replacement and it was a necessary move at the time, I think people are really under underrating what Peter Morozik could be. I'm he into him. He might be a number one goalie. Yeah. I like. I I don't know if he's like a Corey Crawford style, like a, a top tier goaltender. I don't know that, but I do know that when Detroit was good, his numbers were excellent. And these last two years when they've sucked, his numbers have been down. And this year, and this year, he and Jimmy Howard, their numbers are identical, which tells me their numbers were just what the team in front of them allowed. That's just what the team was going to be. And so I think this could be end up being a really underrated a really underrated move by Hextall to go out and get Morozik. And also, like we make jokes and it's like one of those cheesy things that people say all the time, but I don't really think you can discount the whole change of scenery thing. I think when shit goes bad with a team and a player that has a fair bit of talent kind of gets into a doghouse for whatever reason with the front office or with his teammates, if you take that guy and you move him, his whole career can turn around. We saw it with Steve Mason. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something to the fact they mentioned it during the broadcast tonight or maybe during pregame that uh, he knew a decent number of the uh, of the Czech players on yeah, this we got team some already. Yeah, he, he knew Gudis. He knew uh, Voracek. He knew Neuvert. So, like, it's a number of guys who he has a relationship with and can draw on and say, what's it like here? And they can help him through this process of getting to know the players, of communicating and all that stuff. And I just think the change of scenery on top of – he's 26 – like this is he's entering goalie prime. Like goalies just take a little longer. The numbers yeah, not he, this long though. Like he's yeah. in his prime. He's in his prime. The goalies, goalies start like twenty four. Not a, like a lot of them come in at twenty four, twenty five. Like no, goalies take a no, while. They come in in like twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, because at as that point one, they've been as a number one. It t- it can take a long time. Well, that's already yeah. four or five years. Yeah, at twenty two and twenty three is already four or five years since they've been drafted. Like. They're, they're, he's fine. He's in his prime. And they last forever. A good goalie is good until 35. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like overstate this. It's not like we stumbled onto accidental Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. But no, no, like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. What it's if he's very likely one? that he's a solid, good goal. In the, Steve, in the Steve Mason mold, a solid enough goaltender that if he plays well, we can win games. Like, and and I like will die on this hill all day long. You just need good goaltending, dependable good goaltending. You don't need you Carey need Price. Average. You need average. Yeah, you just need. And that's fine. Yeah, you need a good a good average goalie to get hot at the right time. And from what we've seen so far, I think it's reasonable to expect that it's way more likely that we get that out of Peter Morazic than we would ever get it out of Michael Neuvert. Michael Neuvert can give you a great game once a month. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe twice if if you're really lucky. Hextall was talking. That was another thing. I believe it was on Philly Sports Talk today. Hextall was talking about the Neuvert and Elliott injuries again. And he once again reiterated, I believe Elliott will be back first. And then at that point, we're going to have uh, Morozik and Elliott and Lyon. And that is as good of a trio as we can, as we can depend on heading into the playoffs. It appears to me... As if they are completely done with Michael Neuvert. I am of the belief Michael Neuvert has already played his last game in a Flyers uniform. I wouldn't doubt it. Were they also, like, is he going to go on LTIR? Because that could just be what he's saying. Right? 
I think he's going to be on IR until I think he's just going to be gone, and then the playoffs are going to happen, and he'll be hanging around, and then uh, next year he'll get waived and be a phantom. It'll be him and Carter Hart. Yeah, it sounds right. That's I could fine. see that happening. Yeah. That's fine. I, I don't want to pay a goalie four-plus million. Like I don't want to do that. I do if you have the room. I would much rather have Morozik. I if he's don't want to pay a goalie four-plus million a year. Did Charlie said something the other day about how you can qualify him, qualify and but then, then make, make the money less, less than the cap hit or something like Some, that. Something. But it's still going to be a lot of money. You're going to be you're paying be, him more than you're paying Brian Elliott. If you want to live in that world, you're going to be dealing with the Michael Neuvert's of the world. That's what you're going and to be. Michael Neuvert is a good goalie. He's a good Sometimes. goalie. I mean, like I, I wouldn't want to give him any kind of lengthy term, but if we're paying him $4 million for a couple of years while we've got a bunch of our good young guys on ELCs, like, whatever. Four years, $4 million. That's what I'm giving him. That's too many years. That's way too many years. I, think I would perfect. do three. I think, I think it's the exact Carter Hart timeline I'm looking at. No, I think that's too long. That's honestly. too long. Carter I would Hart, say three. It, I, Carter Hart's probably, like, two years removed from the NHL. Man, so. at, at, the, at the least... Well, yes. Right. So like, three yes, gives you a little bit so of So he a... can come in and win the job. And then he'll be on a very cheap deal so that you can have Morozik and him splitting time until Hart just wins the job and then bye-bye Morozik at 30. And what about the other four goalies that we still have in the system? Like, are you, you're just writing goalies. off Sandstrom like he just doesn't exist? He can start for the Phantoms. That'll be okay. Fine. So you just yeah. don't you just don't see a future for Sandstrom, who is. So we're gonna. Well, have, if you what, have, are they gonna play at the same time? No, if you have Morozik for three years to kind of get Carter Hart into the number one position, then once Morozik's out, then you can have Sandstrom as your backup. I hate this plan. Like I hate it a lot, and I don't agree with who it. Says, who says Sandstrom is any good? The I mean, he is. Swedes, uh, he is. All right. Like, who who says it? Us. We do. Like we're we're the <laughs> I analysts, say it and he is. <laughs> He was hurt he, all year. He like no, he wasn't. He had one injury. Better. He had one injury. Okay, that he and had to have surgery for, and the surgery was fine. It's not going to be reoccurring. It was something intestinal. Um, like he's he's good. He's, yeah, he's good, good, and he might be better than Carter Hart facing adult men. All right, and he can play for the Phantoms until he proves he's ready. I have no problem with that. He can be a starter for the Phantoms. I, I think that you're way too high on Peter Mrazek after four games. It's not about four games. It's not about what he's done here. It's what I saw him over the long term do in Detroit. It's also <laughs> what I think Detroit is, and that's terrible, and also what well, I think their talent evaluators are, and that's shit. Okay. I can't. I mean, I can't actually argue with that. I'm, I'm also only half listening because I'm really, really done talking about not having Carter Hart for another four years. It's not about. He could be here and be playing a third of the games because you don't know. I know Morozik's an NHL goalie. I don't know that about Carter Hart. I hope he is. He sure looks like it, but I don't know that all to right. be a fact. No, let's let's move on because I, this is not at all talking about the trade deadline. <laughs> it is. It's Peter Morozik. He was their big addition. He was. So the Flyers, uh, outside of tonight, do we know what's going on in that game yet? Someone scored? It's 0-0. Zero, zero. Zero, zero. Okay. Yeah. 38 uh, left. In so game. in the last, uh, since December 4th, uh, the last 36 games, not counting tonight because we don't know what's going on, they're 25-8-3. and three. And that is yet another reason I am so done with all these people who are negative about this team. And, oh my God, Hextall said that he doesn't believe in this team by not adding anyone today. No, he clearly does believe in them because yeah. over the last three months now, they have played some of the best hockey in the league. 25-8-3 uh, and three is incredible. Only Vegas, who they've beaten, and Boston have comparable records over that time. Well, Boston got Tommy Wingles, so... Yeah, and that's like, did you want to go out and get Rick Nash and pay for a guy who, like, God, no, come on, you. no. So Kelly said, like Rick, Kelly said like something Rick the other day that she decided a long time ago that Rick Nash wasn't good. God, in like the early 2000s, and, I decided that I hated Rick Nash but and like, sucked. The same thing happened to me, and I didn't say, I didn't tell you at the time, but at some point... I decided that I was just going to hate Rick Nash and yeah. everything Rick, Rick Nash yeah. did sucked. So, like, this is why I'm people right can't tell us you. apart. I love him. I <laughs> that's love right. Him. That's that's why we're the same person because we have the same opinions on everything. Yeah. I thought he was. I loved him with Columbus. He was one of my. I thought he was one of the more underrated players in the league. Actually, yeah. And when the I Rangers, had enough of his bullshit. 
when the Rangers Towards got the him, end of Columbus. Well, I mean, he was he was a good soldier for Columbus, and then when he saw, oh, I can get out of here, Jeff Carter whined his way out. That means I can get out of here. <laughs> like I feel like he was like, oh shit, I can do it too. Uh, when he became a Ranger, I was like, all right, well, we're getting Shea Weber, so it doesn't matter. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> and then we didn't, and I was like, well, the Rangers are winning the cup. So much for that. And of course, that never happened. So no. I was pretty happy, but uh, I think we talked about. Uh, underrated deadline additions and how the Flyers, yes, they didn't do anything, but they did call up Oscar Lindblom and they will be getting Wayne Simmons back. Uh, what have you guys seen from Oscar Lindblom? Because I have some, granted, it's three games worth of numbers here, but I have some encouraging numbers that I looked up Charlie style. <laughs> uh, William, I regret to inform you that we are meant to call him Lindblom now. Yeah. I will not be doing that. Okay. Well, that's apparently how he wants his name pronounced. He said he doesn't Lindblom. care how it's pronounced because everyone already calls him Limblom, and if he wants it to be pronounced Limbloom, put another O in there. This is America. That's uh, not how we say words here. Well, well. Anywho, I will pronounce it how it's spelled until he comes to me personally and says, "Here's a beer. Pronounce it Limbloom." Oscar, you're Let's welcome on the show. Let's wait until he's 21 anytime because he's not. <laughs> um, I really like Oscar. Um, I don't think that he's going to stick once Simmons comes back, Ugh. which it, it it drives me crazy. Yeah. all basically said the opposite today. I didn't read it that way. He said, we improved our team by calling up Oscar Limbaugh. That was a basically a deadline move. And then didn't he say something about how he needs to prove himself and how he needs to score goals to stay? He kind of just said, I think he said like he needs to keep playing well or something like that. Well, either way, I don't, I mean, he, no. he's, he's the, he's the type of guy that you expect ha Hackstall to play and, and to lean on. And he has been, he hasn't, he hasn't done the sheltering thing because he's not a very offensive player. Right. Um, and he did put him with Patrick the other day. Um, I like him. I've always liked Limbaum, and, and I thought that he should have been with the team to begin the season. Oh, for sure. So I have a dumb question. So we sent him down on paper so that he would be eligible for the AHL playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does he have to be down on paper for like a particular amount of time? No, it, it could have been recalled immediately, and at, that's what happened. Yeah, so I'm, I don't, I'm wondering why then they didn't make him available for this game. He's playing. He played. Oh, there. he is. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was not. Oh, well. He's playing. Yeah. You just at the three. <laughs> Aren't you watching? No. <laughs> at the three. Oh wait, he's on the ice yeah. right now. Hello. At the three o'clock deadline, he had to be Disregard. on the AHL roster. Okay. And right. then at three o one, he back. could become a gotcha. fan or he could become a flyer again, and that's basically what they did. I always thought it would be so much fun if they made like if it was like a tag up rule. Like you had That's to go. You got to go and you touch had to the go ice and, and check down. Yeah, like back. you had to go and like check in, like push a button or something, <laughs> clock in, and then clock out and come back to the Flyers. That would be a fun. That would have been fun. That would be great. Uh, but yeah, he's back. Uh, these are the numbers I wanted to read, and because Charlie's not here, it falls on me, the man with the analytical brain, having only one other woman on this show. I don't even uh, know who's playing. <laughs> I'm not, I don't even watch hockey. <laughs> Limblom, and these are his numbers through his first three games a 61.19 Corsi 4 percentage. That's excellent. A 64.71 scoring chance 4 percentage. A 78.57 high danger scoring chance 4 percentage. And only 35% of his shifts be begin in the offensive zone, which I think is huge in that while he is a guy we're going to lean on for some. Some offensive um, for some offensive production, and I believe he could be a twenty goal scorer in this league. He is a three zone player. He's a guy you can count on all around, and that has led to uh, in a basically immediate promotion to being in the top six. Yeah, that's true. He is actually reliable in all three zones, which seems to be a thing that Dave Haxtell's into. Um, I mean, every coach is into it. Yeah, but especially he, Dave. Yeah, because I mean, you you need to have players that have two dimensions as opposed Correct. to zero. I mean, zero dimensional players are out on the ice right now with two minutes left because well, they're better. Is you can depend on Yuri Laterra not doing just yeah. that. The thing, <laughs> my thing with Limbloom is like, I felt like there wasn't any adjustment period. Like he came up and he was immediately fit right into an NHL roster, which tells me like Steph said, because we're two different people, that he should have been up here all year. Mm -hmm. Like there, 
there's no doubt in my mind that this guy's an NHL talent. I he agree. Very, uh, we were all very disappointed when he didn't make this team out of camp. He had one of those camps where it's like, ah, oh, like the offensive numbers weren't there. But just watching him, like you're watching him right now, uh, I assume he's continuing to play well in this game. He was playing very well when I was watching before I left to come here. Uh, he's one of those guys who you just watch and go, he belongs. But yep. I do believe... <sighs> Somewhat that the fact that he had no adjustment period is um, a credit to one. He played in the Swedish league. He had yeah. some time with the Phantoms uh, two years ago and then got his adjustment period out of the way early in this AHL season, kind of hit the ground running. And then he got to come up here while he's playing his best hockey. He just got he just played in the AHL All-Star Classic. He's been hot since December, I think, coming up at this time. Uh, and it's also a way to inject some energy into the into the uh, into the lineup without having to go and make a move. Instead of bringing a, a guy off a loser here, you just did it from within. You said, "Okay, a guy from the AHL who belongs here anyway." Boom! Plug him into your top six. He's yep. all he's yes. He hits the ground running. That's the thing. This team could be improved. It could have been improved today in many different ways. Well, None of them involving hey, trades. Reed is back. Yeah, that's true. Meet I'm Reed actually not back. mad about that. I'm no, I I like that a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, I would also just you know caution. It's only been a handful of games for for Lynn Lynn Bloom. I can't. I don't know I if know. I'm going to be able to stop. It's silly go sounding. Um, it's not. It's it's just I'm not used to saying it like that. Um, it, just like caution that he could still have a rough game or two or yeah. three. Like, oh, it's it, going to happen because yeah. this is what happens with rookies. Jake Voracek plays a, a rough game uh, like once a week. Like you yeah. see it happen. <laughs> yeah, but the good usually outweighs the. Jake Voracek had one of those games last week. He's bad for basically three <laughs> periods, then scores the game tire and the game winner in a five minute window. Yeah, like it. These things happen, but you watch Lindblom and he looks like a responsible player. He looks like he belongs. I believe he's going to stick around. And that gets me to, uh, man, when Simmons comes back, mm. if they do the right thing with the fourth line, mm-hmm. this could be a hell of an offensive it team. It could be a spicy little lineup. <laughs> we like assume ready. the first line is going to stay the same because it's been the yeah. same for a while and it's been good with like, Giroux. Don't mess with, with it. Giroux, Couturier, Konechny. Konechny's back from injury. looks fine. Uh, you have, he looks better than fine. Yeah, you have... Uh, Limblom now on the second line with Patrick and Voracek. You keep them together because that's a power play. They had a couple of shifts tonight that started with uh, Gostas Bear and Provorov, and it looked like a power play. Like Limblom went right to the net in the Simmons spot, and Voracek was throwing passes across the ice to Patrick like he was Giroux. And you have the other, you have the two defensemen on the point, and it was like, holy shit, this is a power play. Yeah. Uh, yeah so you keep that going. Let's say Simmons comes back. You put him with Wheel because they like each other, and Lawton in the middle. That's an awesome third line. That is a very, They're, very good Simmons, third line. Simmons, not the best, not the best five on five player. So you're limiting his responsibility there. You put him back on power play one because as good as Patrick has looked, Simmons is a power play dynamo. Uh, and then your fourth line, Matt Reed is back. You bump Raffle down because Raffle in your fourth line is excellent. Very and good. I guess you got to keep Filpola there because it's not going to be Vorobiev or Vecchioni. So you not keep yet. Filpola there. And you have I four mean, good Fil- lines. Those are Filpola. Filpola with two good wingers is it's fine. 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 Yeah. It's, it's the fact fine. that they have him with two bums. And I'm, Laterra isn't as bad as we've made him out to be. He's just super slow. Very slow. Laterra is every bit as bad as we've made him out I to be. Yuri Laterra, didn't he just score his first goal of the season? Yes, no, like, he's not. Yuri Laterra is, yes, absolutely so as I, bad as we have said. I think he, he is, is decent. Bad. This man does not belong in the NHL. I and if he was on far. the Phantoms, he would still be on the fourth line slash healthy scratch he's he's bad but he's made worse by the fact that for some reason he's relied upon to play in all situations at all well, times yes by our and, I think and he's been good on the penalty kill <sighs> i think he's been a decent penalty killer we haven't think, seen it that often is it because he lays down on the ice and is just no, like I just think he's garbage like hit me i think he's been decent at it and i think again if you're not playing with philbla and weiss he'd be better uh, i think that amplifies it all the three of them all of except for Dale Weiss who's bad no matter what unless he's with Couturier and Shen who both turned out to be number one centers uh, <laughs> weird 
Yeah, <laughs> unless he's with those two, he's terrible. So mm. I think like he's bringing them down. Uh, I think Laterra isn't awful, but I will say I would rather have Lear in there. Oh, it God. just doesn't oh, yeah. matter to me because it's the twelfth forward. Well, I don't care. Philpola, I think actually, I think Philpola has been getting a worse rap this year than he should be. Like, yeah, no, he kind of gets lumped in with Laterra as right and Weiss as like, like a shitty player. But going he's not going into player. the season, he was always like, oh well, he's fine, he's no big deal, and then he didn't. He didn't produce he in the way that, in the first half of the in, season. In the way that you expect a two C to produce because that's where he was. But I also don't think that um I don't I don't think that he's anywhere near as bad as everyone has been harping on. Like no. this is an, this is another Robert Haig situation, except Robert Haig's a fucking rookie. Um they're nowhere near as bad as the people who have the spreadsheets are screaming and that they are. The Ooh. three of them the three of them get lumped together because yeah. all three don't factor into the future. Yeah. Right. And they're all now on the same line. Right. And, and yeah. I'm like licking this microphone. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. The <laughs> fact that they're all on the same line is kind of fun. Like, I it do is. like yeah. that it's a, you have when like the three of them are out there and then Gudis and Manning are out there, you go, Oh my god, we have our five worst players on the ice together. This is Bad news. Or our five, our worst five-man group, I'll say. Not the five worst players, because <sighs> I don't think Gudis is as bad as he's played. It's just that with hmm. Brandon Manning, it's really hard for him to do what he does well. There was a really interesting article recently about Gudis, actually, about how the fact that he is, like, watching his back as far as the refs go is really impacting his play. It is. You can see yeah. it. I mean... The hip check is gone. Mm-hmm. So much, so much of what he does is gone. Yeah, it's um, not good. It's a, it's a real bummer. But a guy who, like, what's his next suspension gonna? You know, yeah. Like, he did just like chop somebody in the head with his stick. So his I think people suspension. were a little dramatic about that. To be honest, so am I. But you can't yeah. like listen. I know we're you not, can't. We're not. Do we're that. not allowed to I say made, that. Because, I made every yeah. excuse in the book for it when it happened. But the fact is, the fact is, it happened, yeah, and you can't yeah. do it. And when it happens again, no matter what his next infraction is, yeah, that will be, be held against him. So, like Gudis, there's. I've got a whole thing about Gudis. Um, one is that. All of all of the the people with the spreadsheets think that he's good because he shoots the puck a lot. Um, but if you replace his individual shot attempts with the league average, it turns him into a below fifty percent Corsi player. Like that seems bad. Like the quality of shot. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do have somebody who has run the numbers before. Um, so he doesn't. If you replace it with the the shot quality of the average NHL defenseman like he is not a yeah, top 4 Yeah, he blasts defenseman. away everything. Yeah, he's got a cannon and people are and he just he just shoots all the time. Every like, time he gets the puck at the point, he puts it on net. Right. And it doesn't ever make it. That's the crazy part doesn't is ever for a guy it. with a good slap shot and who takes as many opportunities to shoot as he does, yeah. you would think he would have a few more goals. Here's a question. I Apparently have. we're missing like a huge OT right yeah, now. Yeah, it looks like we're going yeah. to shoot out. Here's though. a question I have for you yeah. about Brandon Manning. Oh, boy. Um, and now this isn't a defense of Brandon Manning, um, but I want to ask you this. Looking at his... I may or may not have said today that I wanted to light him on fire. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Figuratively. Is it? Jesus, figuratively. No, um, is it ridiculous? Obviously, I'm not going to actually light the man on fire. Well... No, uh, because he is playing over Travis Sanheim, who is our baby. He um, is our baby. <laughs> because we're told he's in the lineup for his grit and all that nonsense. Go oh, veteran presence. Yeah, yep. all that stuff that we're told Blue. he's in the lineup for. Yeah. And because he makes those, he's not. He's just not very good defensively. Let's, yep. No, he's not. Like, that's the thing is he's in there because he's a better defender than Sanheim. But my question to that is, is he though? Um, no. Are we kind of... Maybe a little bit underrating some of his offensive game. No. No? no? <laughs> He's yeah. kind of good. Is he? Offensive. Not. Hold okay. on. Hold okay. on. Oh, what? On. He's kind of good offensively okay. because he scored a goal no, from, no, no. from center ice. No, excluding that goal. Because it bounced off the ref excluding, or whatever the hell happened. That's why he's good. Excluding oh that my goal. God, Did you have, see I'm that have stretch pass? Did you see that stress, stretch pass he made to Giroux? That was beautiful. That was Gostas Bear-esque. Oh, and look, oh, he made one pass in his entire career? <laughs> 
for a guy. <laughs> now I'm joking. <laughs> he had a good I mean, game against a, a franchise that's an absolute tire fire, William. I'm not Let's just not... talking about this one game. I'm just saying because of what I saw, it led me to think about it. Oh my it. god! Look, for you should guy, have thought harder. For a guy who doesn't, for a guy who doesn't really play on the power play, his scoring numbers for a third pair defenseman are pretty decent. You know why? He gets a lot of minutes. Yeah. I mean, he gets third pair minutes. I, I, Four pairs too many. Oh, my God. I, you, you've had me pull up natural stat trick. Like, I need, I need to see this. Like, I can't. I cannot he, have this conversation with like, you right now. He's got, like, the same number of even Trent goals as Gostas Bear. I can't have this conversation with you I'm right now without asking. the numbers in front of me. Well, the answer is you're out of your goddamn mind. Look at the primary. Brandon Manning, Brandon Manning is not an offensive defenseman at all. Brandon Manning is barely a hockey player. Um, uh, he's in the NHL. Yeah, should not, he be in the NHL? Should he be, though? I think he should be a seven, but... That's it. That's exactly it. Yes, he's fine. I'm, he's fine yes, as a seven. And that's my thing is I just his one skill set, one thing, are we underrating his offensive game because the rest of his game is not very good. If if you want to say that's all I'm asking. If you want to say that he's a, a below average NHL defenseman, but if we had to give him a plus, just one plus mark in any category, it's okay. You've got a good stretch pass. Essentially, what you're saying to me is that he's Luke Shen, but smaller if you're and dumber. At, hey, I liked Luke Shen. I loved Luke Shen. I Less thought pretty. a good coach could have made Luke Shen a good player. Yes. He just never had a good coach. You're well, not wrong. Yeah. And You're he came wrong. up. He's another guy. I just Why think can't I? he came up too early. Oh, my God. Don't get me fucking there's a started lot of things. on Luke Shen there's came up too early, and that's why he's bad. No, I think there's a lot of different oh. things that contributed to Luke Shen being an underwhelming NHL player. But I, I, I think coaching is one of them. I think he should have developed long. There's a lot oh. of reasons. But we're not here to talk about Luke Shen. But he's what if we sad. want to? Uh, <laughs> I, I want to know. I want to ask you guys right now, uh, yeah. because the Drew is a heart candidate discussion has started. I'm in. Oh, let's have this conversation because apparently Dave Haxtell is a Jack Adams and I want to burn uh, things. Dave Haxtell's in the Jack Adams conversation. Wait, what? Yeah. According to Flyers.com. I mean, uh, I mean, according to Flyers.com, a lot of things. I look know. at the way, but look at, <laughs> I know. look at the way the Jack Adams is awarded. I'm not telling you he's one of the best coaches in the league. I'm saying this year he should be, he should get consideration. I'll well, this year, this team year, that win the division. This look year he two. should be in consideration only because we know, we know that there's nobody other than Gallant that's winning. Like he's yeah, going fine. to win. That's right. fine. Right. Like, yeah. This is this okay. is a hands down fine. If you want to include Dave Haxtell in the one year that you absolutely but, know who the award is going to, yeah. fine. I want Whatever. to ask because the Giroux is a, Manning has fourteen points. God, he's fucking never getting fired because of the Giroux as a heart candidate. I want to, and that's a discussion worth having because he's like top three yeah. in pretty much everything. Uh, I want to ask you about Shane Gostas Bear as a Norris candidate. Hell yes, yeah. do it. 50 points. He should. He's the best Flyers he's, defenseman this season. He's got and 50 points, which is third among defensemen. He's at .86 points a game, second among D-men. 40 assists, third among D-men. Uh, 10 goals is top 15. His plus 15 is top 20 among D-men. 25 power play points is the most among D-men, and 10th overall in the NHL. This guy is a machine. And I know it's, it's not supposed to be the guy who scores the most points. It's the best defenseman. I mean, but it is. What's the best defense? Not playing defense. Because defense is illegal in this league. If you're on defense, you're losing. No matter what, you are losing if you're on defense. The best defense is not doing it. And he not does it better than anybody. <laughs> Analysis. You're not wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm, and when they are in the defensive zone, he's not the same ghost. Like, he's defending odd man rushes better. He's making plays on the puck better. He's making plays away from the puck better. He's never, ever going to be, like, Chris Terrian. He's never going to be Good. a guy who's hitting people over the head no. with his stick well, in front of the Well, he got into a fight tonight he again. Well, well, I like, mean, what did they drop the gloves and nothing? Really? He Listen, didn't even, I don't fine. think, drop the gloves. He no, kind of you know, just, he he kind of just pushed the guy and the guy was like, oh yeah, okay. And uh, was it Packy already? Is, I don't know. I wasn't watching. I, I was making was, myself pretty for you guys. Was, I think it was Max Pax. And uh, after he Thank tripped, you. after he tripped, connecting, connecting, sold it like Ric Flair. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> I love Travis. Oh my God. Every was, single thing and it about was like him. A, it was kind of a shitty play. Like I have no problem with him selling it because you have to in this league, putting your team on the power. Power play is like a skill. Sidney Crosby's been doing it for a decade better than anybody, and he's the best player in hockey. Um, he did like 
go up in the air and like throw his head back. It was kind of funny, but I'm all for it. I think everybody should be selling it. Uh, I love it. But as soon as it happened, Ghost just went up to him, pushed him, and they dropped the gloves. But good. I want to know, like, do you think Gossip Bear belongs in the conversation? Not even as yes, a finalist, yes. but oh, do you think he's a top ten defenseman? Oh in the my god, yeah, right yeah. I mean, I, I think he's I, I think top you, five. I was gonna say you could absolutely make a top five argument for him. And if there was any nuance in the way that they these awards were voted on. I think he would be in a top three conversation, yeah, for and sure. But seems, they don't. They just it go seems with point as totals. if it seems as if to win it as the offensive guy, you have to have like good forward numbers. Yeah, like if Carlson, you got to be Carlson. If Carlson yeah. or Burns have eighty plus points, or Mike Green, if Burns has, doesn't because yeah, Burns no, is yeah, having yeah, a yeah, Burns rough having a season. Big. He's having. He's got a decent assist total. He's right there. Uh, he's like minus a ton, which they actually do factor into this thing, mm-hmm. and. To Gosses Bear's credit, plus fifteen. Connor's um, saying Ghost should have won the Calder as rookie year, and I. Oh my god! Agree. Absolutely, fucking. I Panarin don't is, disagree, yeah. uh, but I mean, it's you know these awards are it's fun to discuss and stuff, but at the end of the day, it well, that's matter. the thing. Like, I mean, I, it matters to it matters to them. It matters. It matters absolutely. To them. Oh, and it absolutely matters when he goes and gets to like negotiate his next contract. Goes yeah. to sign long term, and it's another beautiful deal. If he really is this guy we're seeing right now, oh god, yeah. Oh my, him and Couturier. Two of the best contracts in hockey. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. as we're about to lose Simmons as one of the best contracts in hockey, you have your number one C and a top pair defenseman both on two of the best contracts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I mean, I know the awards don't matter, but I just think it would be nice if they, instead of just like pulling up NHL.com and looking at the top points totals for each position and then putting their votes in that way, they actually considered who is the best defenseman in the league, which is a combination of scoring points and also preventing other people from scoring points. I will using, say. Oh, they're using Sean Couturier in the shootout. That's weird to he, me. He scored. He's still, and they it? won. What? They won he, in the shootout? What? He just scored and they, like, Sean he won the game. Score a goal and then win the game. The Flyers. All right. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, now fun. there it is. All in the comments. Everybody's telling me that they won. Good stuff, everybody. You know what? I I just will not doubt Dave Haxtell's shootout selections. Well, 26. You, you're here, you heard it here first, folks. I will not doubt Dave Haxtell's shootout selection for the rest of the season. 26, 83 since December 4th. And Peter Morozik, 3-0-0. She's the all-time leader in winning percentage in this franchise's history. <laughs> I looked it up after he was 1-0. They had no other 1-0 goalies. So I'm going to say small sample size because Charlie's <laughs> yeah, not here. Yeah, Suck it, Charlie. No, I actually, uh, with my next, with this next topic. Um, one, it took I, six rounds. <laughs> I do want to. God bless. I do want to wrap up the Gostas Bear Norris yeah, yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. with one thing. One thing I would hold against him is that I do believe the best defenseman should be killing penalties, and that's just not Gostas Bear's game. That's Me fair. personally, I would have him playing forward on the penalty kill. We've talked about it before. You go four, you go four forwards on the power play all the time. I have no idea why you don't go three defensemen, and having someone with ghost speed and now defensive awareness and having up top in place of a guy like, I don't know, fucking Yuri Laterra seems like a good idea to me. And like I said, I'm pro Yuri Laterra on the penalty kill, but I would rather ghost be doing it. Mostly, Are you be- pro Yuri Laterra on the PK, or do you just not want to rip out your eyeballs when he's on the PK? Yes. I mean, it's just been so bad. He seems to be decent at it. That, the PK has yeah. been so bad. He seems to be decent at it. All right. So he's he's the the not bad of the worst. Like, yeah. I, I can't even say best. He's just the not. He's, he's okay the least of the horrifying. Like, me as a guy who wants to be like, I want to help my buddy when he takes over the high school team in a year or two. I'm going to be his assistant, and I want to try all the experimental shit. Oh, good. I, with them. Yeah. To see how it would work. Just. You know, for yeah. funsies. Yeah. All right, I'm and, into uh, it. So I wanted like three defensemen on the penalty kill is now my pet project. Oh god. Uh, oh god. All right. But now All right. I want to. No, it's fine. I want to do something. <laughs> Everything's fine. I want to do something. Charlie tackled in one of his uh, in one of his observations for the Athletic either this weekend or last week. I can't remember. And it's a question that has been. It's one of these things we it, we don't even talk about it on the show. We might. Hey, is uh, Proverov not playing as well as he was? 
Yeah, I don't man. even want to say it as loudly. I know. It, no, but, uh, it's, it's a hard. thing. We, we have to whisper it. It's, it's, it's a a weird because I mean, like, how much can you expect out of a twenty-one-year-old? He's going to have his ups and downs. That's a thing. But there are times where you sometimes, and like we just said, Gosses Bear is the best defenseman on this team. And coming into this season, we would have never said that, regardless of what his offensive no. numbers were. Nope. To Proverov's credit, more goals than Gosses Bear this year. Yeah. Um, I do believe he has two empty netters or something. But anyway. So Charlie wrote, the biggest complaint uh, about Provorov has been a supposed increase in turnovers from Provorov who showcased an aversion to such plays even as a 20-year-old rookie. And to be sure, it has seemed in recent weeks that Provorov's mistakes have been a bit higher profile than usual, occasionally leading to memorable scoring chances or even goals by the opposition. His advanced metrics have taken a bit of a dip since the start of February, uh, down about 2% uh, coursey relative after rolling through January. January with some of the best results of his career. This is my hot take on the subject, and then I'm going to open it up to you two, because I'm sure you guys have feelings as well. Hmm. I like that Provorov is carrying the puck and taking more risks, even if it even if it results in more turnovers and a couple of more goals against. I think he had to play so safe with McDonald, because yep. how can you have faith in Andrew McDonald? You can't. Uh, that he wasn't developing his full game. And having a dynamic partner like Ghost has uh, gives him more confidence to try and maybe not make the safe play every single time. Uh, like I said, he's got more goals than Go- Ghost. And for a guy on the second power play, which never scores, 29th 29 points being second on the team is pretty good and I want to make this I want to make this a uh, bit of a uh, bit of a comparison I'm talking to my buddy Mike Angelina the other day he's a producer over at the sports radio station and he's a process expert he's like a tailor big on the process <laughs> I love you Taylor um, and I was talking to him about Robert Co- Covington let me try that again. Yep, go ahead. I was talking to him about Robert Covington's development, uh, and he was told by coaching and management uh, in the years when they were just basically losing on purpose to just jack up every contested three he could get his hands on. Anytime he was behind the three-point line and there was a hand in his face, just shoot it for practice. Um, regardless of the result, you make it, you don't, whatever. It's just you need to get the reps. Now, despite his recent struggles, he's an integral part of the team at both ends of the floor. And that's what I see with Provorov. Provorov, much higher uh, much higher upside, much higher pedigree player than Covington, of course. But I see the comparison of fail now to succeed later. And that Provorov taking these risks and maybe making some more mistakes than we're used to, I'm totally fine with yeah. it because I know how good yeah. he is. I regret to inform you that I agree with every single thing that you just said. And and that's actually extends past Provorov. This is exactly what I want to what why I was hoping that guys like Lindblom and Sanheim would get a lot of time this season because this would have been the perfect season for them to get the reps and to make the mistakes and to screw up all the time and to learn from them and then next season they're right there. They're ready. There's no more adjusting. There's no more rookie mistakes. They're ready. And instead, I mean, we're, we're not getting that. But I totally agree that this is the kind of thing that you need to let a rookie do. You have to let them take chances and mess up and learn from the messing up. It's the only way they're going to get better. Yeah. Thanks. No, I, I mean, I, comple- <laughs> I completely I completely agree. Um, and like, so here's the thing with Provorov. And, and you've definitely said it. You both have said it. We know how good he is. Yeah. We know exactly how good he is. This is his second year in the league. Like, let him figure out what his professional game is actually going to look like when he doesn't have to cover his partner's ass and therefore yeah. his own. So this is a team that is finding ways to win. Fucking number one in the Metro at the time of this recording. Like, what in the world? Right now. Let him <laughs> let him figure it out. Like, he is not... Like, there is no possible way that he's going to fall off a cliff like it's just it's just not possible Couturier scored in the shootout you said yeah my buddy uh Brandon Pliskin is uh came into this year as a legit Couturier hater oh like one of those oh, people Brandon I'm glad and that you listened to our yeah, show last week he was uh <laughs> last week he was like dude I'm thinking about getting a Couturier sweater <laughs> <laughs> and he just texted me he, he was it. like number 14 man it's like I told you I yeah, told buddy. you all along. He's actually good. Uh, yeah, have have really it be a good. guest on this show. Okay. <laughs> so I, I want to wrap up the show. I know we have a couple more minutes because we started a few minutes late, but I want to wrap up uh, just asking you guys a question. So we went through all this. Now we're we're looking at the way this team is right now. Peter Morozik looks like he might be legit. 
Uh, these these lines are coming together. Even the second and third D pairs. Hey, they want a game one to nothing in a shootout tonight. That's pretty good. I always love. I, I mean, lo- it's against it's against a not good team. It does, this is the NHL. It's not like football where it's like, oh man, like they lost. This is crazy this week. Like every game is. Look at the loser point. Like if it, if not for the loser point, the Flyers are a not good team I mean, during that ten game losing well, streak. And now they're know. one of the best teams in hockey. Uh, are we happy with Ron Hextall? Overall. Overall. Overall, yes. I mean, are we but happy? I can pick some nits. Are, are we happy? Like you're asking a perpetually unhappy person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just messing around because the Flyers are number one in the Metro and the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So am I happy? I'm content. Is that a yes? I'm, I'm content. I'm pleased. I'm pleased with how things have gone. If I were to grade him on a A to F scale, I'd give him a B, probably a B plus today because today he did the good things by not doing any yeah, bad not things. Doing any bad thing. um, but at some point, you know, there's there's got to be some type of of impetus where you actually do good things as opposed to you get a good grade by not doing bad things. Yeah. So here's the thing, like, you know. Here in the negative echo chamber. Well, even, yeah, like this, like I I'm feel here like to, I'm here to break it. I'm here even to I can admit. Well, like I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with the team right now. That's I'm the here thing. To take like, Radko's sword and stab it right through the echo oh chamber. Oh boy, it's absurd. At this moment in time, <laughs> to complain about Ron Hextall. <laughs> I'm sorry. Kelly. That's okay. We're making penis jokes. <laughs> I'm here all day I for a penis joke. Oh Are you kidding God. me? I wasn't expecting it. At it all. came. Just oh, it did, didn't it? It came. <laughs> We've gone off the rails. The way you reacted to Mike talking about Radko's sword was like you thought I meant his dick. No. Well, Charlie, is that what the joke's about? Need, is it actually happened with his dick? I don't know what the joke is about. I'm not a youth. I don't know. The dicks are always about jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just, I guess that's all the time we have for you. I don't know. There's like, we've gone. Is Kelly, the, tell us about Hextall. Yeah, tell me why you're, you're you. Everything's good. That's all I got. Everything's good. And there's a lot of things that we could complain about if we wanted to dive into the weeds, but it's stupid to do that right now. Everything's when I dive yeah. into the weeds, yeah, like, I find a lot like, fewer things to complain we about. We can be happy too, folks. Like the team is number one in the Metro. They just won... <laughs> <laughs> they just won 26 8 and 3 in their last 37 games. Sean Couturier like, won the game in a shootout. Like this is this what is what a time to be alive. That should count as a goal just cuz I want him to get the 30. <laughs> I'm tired of this 29 bullshit. All right, well, he'll get there soon. We need Oscar Lindblom to score his first NHL goal. Like that's coming. It's coming soon, probably this week. Check it. Um <laughs> I I We need Charlie. We need Charlie. <laughs> Because we're, we're, all, we're all too immature to do this without adult. quickly into <laughs> We almost without made it Charlie here hour. making faces. We at almost us. we almost made it through the full hour without Charlie doing his dad eyes at us. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't talk about dicks. I'm a professional. I make no promises. Oh, oh, we sound like a bunch of teenagers living in our parents' basement. We have no clue because we were laughing at dick jokes. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, Steph has her own house, though, so <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I live in a garage, damn it. <laughs> I have a recording studio I made out of blankets. It's amazing. Um, anyway, things are good. Things are good. Like, things are good right now. Like, let's be happy. Yeah, let's I'm live in enjoying it. the hell out of it. Um, you know, none of us expected this when they lost 10 in a row. So let's... And none of you expected it either. So let's get serious. Like... None of you expected this to happen. I did yeah. say all along I expected this team to be better in the second half than it was in the first. Well, there you I go, I did William. say that all along because I looked you at the young players. You are a wise seer just, of the future truth. I just assumed the young team, players so. would be better. It was mostly just about Patrick and Konechny. And yeah. I expected Limblom here in December like 28th. Okay. Not, not well, know, March. Well, I'm I'm pleased that he finally made it. I don't know whether I'm ready to forgive the front office for it not 
him not being here for the entire season. Oh, no. But, but, it's but. It's working. It's working. We're in a good place right now. Yep. So I'm just going to put it on the back burner for the offseason when yeah. I need to they complain do about have Or when they lose thing. two games in a row, I'll bring all the yeah. negative it's back sh- out. One. I'm going to close the show <laughs> with this. I think one underrated thing is Hextall does know how good some of these players are. And he does have to do a little bit of cap manipulation with these guys' contracts. You see it in baseball a lot more. I think he has to stagger when they come up. See, I don't think that that's true because even if they're in the AHL, it's still a year on their pro contract. It is, but it's also a year where they're not like, hey, look how good I am in the NHL. Like, you can't. I get get that. I get that, but I don't think that that's what's happening. You're at 0.75 points a game in the AHL. You're not getting three mil a year. Sorry, bro. I, I don't. I understand what you're saying, but I don't think it's necessarily that complex. Yes, there is a piece to it. That you absolutely have to manage the long-term contracts. Like you absolutely yeah. have to, um, but I don't think that that's the whole story of what's going on. And that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. If you stay tuned on Facebook after this, like don't like you're gonna have to close out of this window. But if you come right back, we will be doing post game with Jake Farringer. It won't be us, but you will get a really, really high level analysis of the game and he'll answer all your Probably questions. Zero dick jokes from Jake. Zero dick jokes from Jake. He's a very nice, very fun, <laughs> very professional man. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.